0: Welcome to Boldly Bald Women, surviving and thriving in a hair-obsessed world. If you are grappling with the emotional and social impacts of hair loss, whatever the cause, and frustrated with hot, itchy wigs, this is the place for you. Your host, Pam Fitros, international best-selling author of Boldly Bald Women, guides women on a weekly journey from wanting to hide to becoming courageously bold, Pam herself has alopecia universalis, which has caused permanent loss of all body hair. Listen as she shares inspirational stories and interviews with experts offering insight into recovering self-confidence and reclaiming joy. Now, here's your host, Pam Vitros.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm here with Doug Forrester today. Doug is a dear, dear man who has helped me learn how to do podcasting so that I can bring my message to all of you. And one of the first things that I noticed about Doug was that he was a bald man and he had a bright, shiny head just like mine and a big, huge smile. So that made a lovely bond between Doug and I right away. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about Doug as we're getting started here. He's a veteran podcast producer and coach. He's the founder of Stand Out and Be Heard Global Community of Podcasters, as well as co-founder of the 30-Day Podcasting Challenge, and that's where I met him. Doug's passion is helping people get their message out in the world to the people who most need to hear it. He is the producer of Creating Change on Empower Radio and iHeart Radio and the Coach Zing Show on iTunes and Empower Radio. For more information about Doug, you can visit him at www.dougforrester.net. Doug, how are you today?
2: Hi, thank you so much, Pam. I And I just wanted to, I realized, I think I wrote Empower Radio twice, but creating changes on Empower Radio, Coach Thing is on iTunes and Stitcher Radio.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Well, we've got that all clear now tell me about your experience with hair loss.
2: My dad was bald as long as I can remember. I think he went bald in his early 20s and maybe even in his late teens. He went bald really early in life and so I was always worried about being bald when I was a kid and I remember being like 10 years old and not even being interested in, in girls but I was worried that I would go bald and I wouldn't be able to get married and, um, and at that time in my life was getting married just seemed like it was something you had to do <laughs> you know and I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> I didn't want to be married I just was worried that I wouldn't be able to.
1: <laughs> he just wanted to do it before you got bald. <laughs> yeah.
2: Funny how the 10 year old mind works. And so I, I kind of always had in my mind, I was worried about going bald. And then in 2007, uh, my hair had just thinned out so much that I went away on, I was married at the time, and I went away. I was living in Massachusetts, I went to New York for the weekend, and my friend, a good dear friend of mine, he said to me, you know, he goes, you're really losing a lot of your hair, he goes, you should just really shorten, you know, shorten it, just shave it really down. So he started doing that for me, and then he was like, oh, you know what, he goes, there's really not enough there, he's like, I already kind of shaved your head, he goes, I might as well just shave it the rest of the way. So, he, <laughs> so I, I, left, I left Massachusetts with some hair, and I came back completely bald, much to the chagrin of my uh, then wife.
1: <laughs> and what was her reaction to that
2: well she was a little surprised and was a little shocked i think it took some getting used to
1: yes i think that's <laughs> one of the things that i've noticed about being bald too is that it it takes people a while to get used to a new landscape
2: yeah it's a it's a pretty shocking change we don't realize right. how much how much our hair is something that you know, it's such a part of us. So when you to, that, I think there's something like when you, especially when you first go bald, there's something really shocking about it, for people.
1: Yes, and for you, and looking for me. in the mirror. You know, I I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, who is that person? An alien looking back at me, not the person right. that I'd known all my life, but an alien. It's interesting that also is true for you because for guys, it seems that they just. Shave off their head, and away they go, and they're fine. But it isn't that way, actually, is it? No. Do you have any any emotional reaction to your own hair loss?
2: Yeah, I mean, at first it was definitely it was definitely took a lot of getting used to, and it is a fundamental change in your appearance. I do think, though, what I wanted to say is there is a huge double standard for men and women in the terms of hair, and of course, to me, I believe that I mean so much of what's attractive is culturally. Bound. I mean, look at what was attractive, you know, for example, you know, it used to be that, I mean, the, the the women, for example, that we would see today on TV that are super skinny, a size two, like, I mean, you would be considered a couple hundred years ago, that it, maybe not even a couple hundred years ago, I mean, that nobody would, you'd be so unattractive, it would be disgusting, because, you know, only, only you know, people that were, you would want to be Rubenesque, and you'd want to be, uh want to be bigger, nobody would want to be this, you know, tiny little size, size zero person. So, exactly. So much of...
1: I've always I've always said that I was born two hundred years too late.
2: <laughs> there you <laughs> go.
1: <laughs> I am very Rubenesque. And there was a time when I was very much in style. Too bad it's not now, but oh well.
2: But it really is so, culturally it really is culturally bound. We think that there's some objective standard of beauty, and maybe there are, but for the most part, it really is very culturally bound. And I would say that, you know, one of the things I noticed is that people the funny thing is for men it's now become this thing where they, they they do these studies about how women actually find bald men more attractive and I don't think that that's be anything to do with being bald I actually think it's because if you think about who's in power in our in our in our culture it tends to be men of a certain age who tend to be bald and mm-hmm. it's really interesting to me how you know, for me I don't miss my hair at all. Like I, I really don't miss it. I, even if I could grow my hair back, I wouldn't at this point because being bald is such a part of my identity that I really mm-hmm. wouldn't grow it back. Like if somebody said take this pill and you'll grow your hair back, I actually would not grow my hair back.
1: High five. I feel the same way.
2: Oh, that's I wouldn't awesome. grow I'm my hair back if they
1: found a cure tomorrow.
2: That's awesome. I, I'm glad. Yeah, because I I think but there is a loss. There's definitely a loss at first, but I think for men I think it's a lot easier because you can still, your hair is not so much tied up in your sense of manhood, right? It's like, if anything, you know, I can be, I can still be a guy and be bald and I don't want to speak for women, but I would imagine, you know, for women, it's like culturally hair has been this thing that's like so much a part of femininity and being a woman. Uh, But of course, that's just a cultural story that we have. There's no reason for that.
1: Well, there is, there is, uh, at least there used to be a reason behind it, and that was that that hair is such a visual language that women were look you look at a woman and you say, okay, her hair is good, her teeth are good, this is good, that's good, so she's good breeding stock. Uh, and back in the day when women were chattel, that was a, a very quick way of assessing whether a woman was was going to be uh, viable as as a breeder.
2: Yeah, that's... Pretty bad, huh? <laughs> <Fortunately>, <laughs> hopefully, we've come further since then, you know, in terms of what we want. I, I hope, hope so. so.
1: But, you know, that doesn't always seem to be the case, especially in our society today where where everything is, is so hair-obsessed. Respect the scalp and, you know, women are putting in these extra long things in their hair, the extensions to make it, their hair look fuller and better and more. So it, it seems to even stand out more when you're a bald woman. Did, have you had any contact with bald women other than me?
2: Yes, I, I, I have. Um, in fact, uh, one of the people, I used to work at a hotel in, in New York, and Robin Roberts was uh, used to stay at the hotel at times. Uh, we, we were right across the street from the Good Morning America show. And I've, I've known women, primarily it was because of cancer usually, some type of chemo mm-hmm. treatment that women would mm-hmm. be bald. But I have known other women who were bald, you know, some chose to wear wigs, some didn't, but I, I personally, I, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm bald myself, but I don't. I personally think that you can be very attractive and very stunning and be a bald woman.
1: You know, that is that is what I have come to see as well. I the more the more I interact with with women who are bald and and see their pictures on um, the internet and talk with them, the more I realize that. You can be an average woman and have great hair, but if you're a bald woman, you pop. Yes. You just pop. You walk down the street and all of a sudden you're just not part of the sea of women anymore. And you, you just, you stand out. Now at 64 and, and creaky and, and overweight, I have had people tell me now that I am beautiful. Men have come up to me and told me how beautiful I am. Sure. And I'm thinking, where were you when I was 165 pounds and had (laughs) nice hair? Where were you then? You know, why am I beautiful now that I'm old and fat and bald? You know.
2: (laughs) Well, I also think the other piece, honestly, the other piece I think is that as we get older, I mean, this is one of the things that that I've come to realize: as we get older, that especially as our bodies start to go, and you know, as as uh, uh, as we age and we all age even the most beautiful stars age. I, I really do think that what makes someone beautiful, if you really think about it, it is more about, it really is more about our essence and the more Maybe. youthful, playful and alive we are, mm-hmm. the more that I think that essence comes out. And that really is what makes us beautiful. If you really, I really do think that that's, that's what, especially as we get older, I think that really is what when you look at people who, you know, I've seen people that are 50 and then they, they, their soul is like they're 80. And you see people that are 60 or 70, and they just seem so youthful and alive and vibrant. And and there's a beauty in that.
1: Exactly. You were older and married by the time that you lost your hair. Did you experience any change as far as how women looked at you? Did you see any negative reactions to you being, being bald as a man?
2: You know, and that's the interesting difference, right? Is that I think women have to go through this whole process that is very different. So I'm 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 very. Uh, thank you so much for having me on as a man because I, I really, to be honest with you, I think it had the opposite effect. I I actually, I, to be honest with you, I have more women interested in me now than I ever had when I had hair. I, I I mean, I'd be lying if I said the other way. And 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 when I, it's funny because now if I show like if I'm dating or something and I'll show a woman like a picture of me with hair, they're like, oh no, you look so much better bald, you know. So I think as a guy, it it, it ha, you know it's it, it makes you people oh it makes you look distinguished. I, I definitely think it makes me look younger because you don't have gray hair, you don't have white hair, you know. So it's hard for people to really pin down how old you are. And so I think again it goes back to that double standard where for me it actually was it was a positive, and I also I think I embraced it. Like when I decided to do it, I really embraced it.
1: That's what I'm trying to say to women. If you just embrace where you are instead of trying to hide it. There is so much difference between a woman who is standing up bald and she's got that sense of self-confidence and she's, she's reclaimed her joy and she's not worried about what other people are thinking. I think that that gives her so much more impact. And I get so frustrated with women who are so afraid to Toss their wigs and stand out there and and be bald because there are so many more positive reactions than I think women women think. You talked about your wife. Did she have any specific things? I mean, did she say I I, I wish you hadn't done that?
2: No, in the okay end, she was with okay it, or... with it. I, I think she I think she said I really wish that you had talked to me about it <laughs> before you came <laughs> home. <laughs> Which, which I, I kind of
1: got that from my husband. He was in Greece when I shaved <laughs> off all my hair, and um, I put on a wig for the for the first bit because it was culturally expected, and I didn't want to offend anybody. And so when I picked him up, he kind of looked and he didn't recognize me because I had this I had this different wig on. And then I said, "Oh, honey, it's just me," and I took it off. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. He you a suitcase on his hand and he just stopped and his mouth fell open and he just looked at me. But now he loves it. He absolutely loves it. And, and I like hearing from you that as a man, you think that women are attractive when they're bald. And I know that there's a difference between the cancer and, uh, but even the women who are fighting for their lives with cancer, they pop when they're bald as well. Yeah. I, I've, keep saying over and over again, it's not about the bald. It's about the bold.
2: It really, it really connects is. really is. connect with
1: who you are.
2: Yeah. It really is. Because you, in the end, if you, if you think about it, that I think is as much a part of why women are attracted to, to bald men as well. It's just, it's the confidence to be able to make a decision like that and to do it, you know, and say, okay, this is me. And I think that that confidence and just living from our essence it really is what makes us attractive rather than there's no there's no hair that's going to, you know, if somebody is not living in their power and they're not living in their own essence, I, you're not going to you're, you're not going to be as attractive as somebody who really, like you said, stands out and pops and says, this is me. And of course, it's scary to do that because pe- some people are going to judge you and they're going to say, you shouldn't do that. Right. And you should put a wig on and you should do this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in mm-hmm. the end, who cares about those people?
1: Exactly. In the end, who cares about those people? When I first took off my, my wig, the precipitating factor for it was I worked in a, a retirement home. I'm very outgoing and give a lot of hugs. I, you, know, you know you're getting virtual hugs from me all the time as we interact. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I truly believe in giving hugs. And I was very huggy with all of the residents in my facility. I stopped getting hugs. I got more withdrawn and isolated and the wig was very hot and itchy, and it would melt makeup down my face. So I felt like I had the Mississippi River uh, rolling down my face and making a delta of mud on my chin. And I'd always have to be going to the bathroom and wiping it off and wipe, reapplying makeup and trying. And I was just miserable. I was I was so miserable. One of the ladies said to me, Pam, what's the matter with you? you are, you're just not happy. I can see that you're not happy. What's the matter with you? I said, I'm wearing this stupid wig, I've lost all my hair and I'm wearing this stupid wig and it's hot and it itches and I'm miserable. And the lady was, she must have been in her late 80s and she had a walker and she, ca-funk, ca-funk, funk funk with her walker, walked across the room right up to me so that she could whisper in my ear. Um, And she said, so take that damn thing off. (laughs) The woman didn't realize, being almost deaf, she didn't realize that her whisper was permanently fused on loud. (laughs) But I looked around, I was a little embarrassed, and I looked around at at the coffee shop and all the rest of the women were nodding their heads, yes. Yes. Take it off. Take off the wig and give us our real hugs. So the people that I was most concerned about um, offending were the ones who would much rather have real hugs than fake hair. D- did your hair have anything to do... it? Now, I don't know a lot about what you did before you, you worked on the radio. Did- was there anything that... Any reason why you chose to do the the profession that you're in now? Did you did you do something else before, or have you always been in radio?
2: No, I, I've not always done podcasting. I, I was always interested in speaking, and I my background actually before my background, I started off in um, really in advertising and marketing, and then I went back to school, became a therapist, and I still do therapy. Actually, uh, I worked in and I've worked with. I worked in child welfare field for a decade helping children and families. So I've always been passionate about helping people and using creativity to help people. That's definitely been a theme in my life. And you know, I would say that one of the interesting things about being bald and then doing the work that I was doing at the time, which is that I was going into, you know, not the best neighborhoods and visiting families is that people always thought I was a probation officer. Or a cop. <laughs> so it, it helped sometimes because people would leave me alone. And it's, it's interesting if you're a man, and especially if you're in a certain neighborhood, you're a white person in a neighborhood of color where you clearly don't you clearly don't live there. People assume that I was a police officer, undercover officer. So it was really funny how I'd get treated when I'd go into those neighborhoods.
1: So you did get treated differently.
2: Did get treated you, differently. You, yeah, that, that yeah, definitely changed for me. Yeah, you did get treated
1: differently. So now you're in this, and I have to tell you that the interview that I did with you was really very, very special for me um, you. because with your, with your radio show, Creating Change helped me even establish what my mission is here. I could just as easily hide under a wig. I don't have to do this, but I want to do it because there's other women out there who are hurting so badly. They are in so much pain, and I, I just want them to hear that there are men like you out there who could care less. I mean,
0: I truly believe
1: that you would would rather be with a woman who was bald and popped because she owned herself and was in charge of her joy. She had reclaimed her joy and reconnected with her self-confidence than you would with someone who had a a beautiful mane of hair and opened her mouth and was just kind of, vacant.
2: Yes, that's a no-brainer.
1: There are men like that out there and women need to know this. I don't think, Doug, that it's because you're bald that you feel that way. I think that it's because of who you are and the, way, and the way you feel about people in general. But I do think that your baldness has given you an insight into what women go through. Do you have any advice for women on either how to talk about this with their guys or what you would have liked to hear or, or for the guys, you know, what should you say to your, to your spouse or your girlfriend coming from a therapy background, coming from the, from a, uh, the perspective of a bald man, what can you tell women out there to help them stop feeling like they have to hide?
2: Sure. Well, I think first of all, I, I won't presume to, to know what it's like to, I don't presume that being a bald man is in any way equivalent to being a bald woman. But I will say this in general. I, I'll share you with you a, a really quick story. I remember going on a – there was this coffee shop where people would go for dates often. And I used to like to watch people – I used to like watch people go on these first dates. And there was this man there. And this woman was talking to him. And he was bald. And about 10 minutes in, he goes, listen, let's just get the elephant right out. He's like, I'm bald, okay? So I know women don't like bald men. And she goes, no, I really don't care. And then they started talking. And he goes, so – at what point are you going to, do you want to know why I'm bald? Do you want to know what happened? And he just kept bringing it up and he just kept saying, you know, I know you don't like me because I'm bald. And finally she got up and she's like, I can't take this anymore. And the guy goes, see, women don't like bald men. And, you know, one of the things I, I say is like we tend to live in our stories. Mm-hmm. So if you have a story about yourself that men aren't attracted to bald women, then that's what you're going, then that's going to be true for you. If you have a story that people aren't going to be attracted to you because you're bald, then that will be true for you. But I think that if we, truthfully, and I think women are better than men in this way, but that woman could have cared less that that guy was bald. What she didn't like is the fact that he kept focusing on himself and having a pity party for himself instead of being present in a conversation, which she was wanting to have with him. So so my suggestion really is that I think that what's what really makes us attractive is living in our essence. You know, beyond, like I said, You know, there is that a very, a very few of us are going to be models, right? People that just look, they look, you know, you just take a picture of them and they look amazing in the picture, but then you still have to meet that person and they move and they, and they start speaking and then they can become less attractive, (laughs) you know, in, in, in real time. People sometimes, sometimes are less attractive when they start talking and moving. And so what, to me, what really makes us attractive is the courage to live our own truth and to speak our own truth and to be in our own truth. And I think that there is something amazing about, it takes an enormous amount of courage to be as vulnerable, especially for a woman, to be that vulnerable, to go out without your hair. But the message, if you really stand in your power and you say, this is me, this is who I am, and this is my truth, you know what? Even, yeah, some people won't like it, but you'll find the right people that will be attracted to you and, and I'm not just talking romantically attracted. I mean, attracted in terms of people saying, wow, you have the courage to live your truth. To me, there's nothing more attractive than having the courage to live our truth.
1: I absolutely agree with that. I cannot think of a better piece of advice to give to women than stand in your own truth. Live in your own essence. Be who you are, because you are so right The people who will be attracted to you will be the right people in your life. The ones who are not attracted really aren't people that you want in your life anyway. Doug, I've so enjoyed talking with you today because you come from an entirely different perspective. It's been delightful for me to have this opportunity to talk to you, and I know you're very, very busy. So I thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. And if anyone out there has a truth, has a message that they feel they would like to share. I so encourage you to get in touch with Doug Forrester. And that, again, is www.dougforrester.com. He sure is a good teacher. And podcasting is not nearly as difficult as people think it is. And one of the things, Doug, that you always say is that you have your own story and nobody can share your story like you can. So if somebody out there is listening to this and you think you have something to say about being a bald woman or about being a bald man that others need to hear, get in touch with Doug. He's the right person at the right time.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Pam. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Doug. To our listeners today, thank you so much for joining us. And remember, it's not the bald, it's
0: the bold. Thank you for listening to Boldly Bald Women, surviving and thriving in a hair-obsessed world. If you've enjoyed this program, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. To find out more about Boldly Bald Women and receive a free gift from Pam, please visit www.boldlybaldwomen.com.